All right, guys. You know who it is. It's your boy, George Becknell. And I'm back. And I'm always highly opinionated. We got a few things to talk about. We go talk about the Super Bowl. It's that time of year. Can Kansas City get it done? Or will the 49ers knock them out? We're going to talk a little NBA hoops. You know, we got to discuss Zion being back in the New Orleans Pelican shot to make the Western Conference playoffs. And... We're going to talk about Coach Payton's comments about his quarterback situation, and we're going to do it all right after this. Alright everybody, it's me, I'm back with the latest episode of the Highly Opinionated Podcast And real quick before I get started, if you've been listening to this podcast and following me all this time And like what you hear, go ahead and hit subscribe if you haven't done so And share this episode with a friend or two So now I'm going to just go ahead and dive into it Y'all already know what, what weekend this is It's a Super Bowl weekend and I got to talk to y'all about the Super Bowl, you know. And believe it or not, I'm low-key excited for the Super Bowl. Yes, I understand that my Saints not in the Super Bowl. And I've gotten over it. I've accepted it. But, you know, pulling away from my fandom and looking at these two teams on paper, you could not have asked for a better matchup in the Super Bowl, you know. It's so many things, so many matchups within the game that you can point to, right? So the first thing is obvious. The number one pass defense in the NFL, San Francisco 49ers, matched up against Patrick Mahomes and, in my opinion, the most high-powered, exciting offense in the NFL in the Kansas City Chiefs, you know? Then you look at the coaching matchup. One of the more young, bright, upcoming minds in Kyle Shanahan on one side, brilliant offensive guy for the 49ers versus Andy Reid, who's a guy that's been a brilliant offensive mind for years. You know, he's done some very, very impressive things with the Chiefs, but he also was very, very good and consistent in his time as the Philadelphia Eagles coach as well. So you got you got the coaching matchup, right? Then you got the two quarterbacks. You know, you got Jimmy G, Jimmy Garoppolo, who – was doubted by most all the NFL analysts, the national guys, the whole season, but managed to find himself in the Super Bowl. You know, he only threw the ball eight times in the NFC Championship game, but he only had to throw eight times in the NFC Championship game. Versus Patrick Mahomes, who a lot of people think that he's the most naturally gifted quarterback to ever play the game already. It's the second year. Last year he was MVP. This year he's in the Super Bowl. I mean, it's the start of a beautiful career, in my opinion, for Patrick Mahomes. But, you know, the quarterback matchups are interesting. You've got two of the best tight ends in football in this game. You know, you got George Kittle, 
who's like a big physical, you know, blocking, love contact type of tight end for the 49ers. And then you got Travis Kelsey, which is one of the smoothest, most, you know, finesse kind of tight ends, fast guy, good hands for the Kansas City Chiefs. So I really like this matchup, you know. I'm looking at this. In my opinion, I think those San Francisco 49ers are the more complete football team. You know, I don't see any holes for them. They can run the ball really, really well. They've got good receivers with Emmanuel Sanders, Debo Samuel, and all those guys. They got a great tight end, George Kittle. And Jimmy G is a is a better than average quarterback, in my opinion. Then on the defensive side of the ball, they can stop the run, they can stop the pass, they can do it all. So they are clearly the more complete football team. But then you go look at Kansas City. Patrick Mahomes is the real deal. That offense is the absolute truth. You know, I don't see anybody stopping that offense. Now, granted, I'm not slighting the 49ers because their defense is really, really good. But this offense is high-powered that nobody can stop. They essentially would have to stop themselves. So I'm very, very excited about this matchup. Um, Keys to the game, in my opinion, if you look at it, the 49ers, they want to come out and they want to run the ball. They want to establish the run because they have to keep Patrick Mahomes on the sideline. You know, if they can control the ball, they can control the clock, and they can control the tempo of the game, that's what they want to do. You know, they did something similar against the Green Bay Packers. And the way you game plan against the Chiefs, in my mind, should be very, very similar to the way you did against the Packers. Green Bay's defense is improved from what it's been in the last few years, but you can run the ball on them. So the 49ers came out, set the tone, ran the ball, put a lot of pressure on Aaron Rodgers, made him uncomfortable. They jumped out to a lead. The Packers become one-dimensional, and you win. You know, very, very simple game plan. Like I said earlier, Jimmy Garoppolo only threw the ball eight times, but he he only had to throw the ball eight times, you know. Um, I think this is the approach that they'll take against the Chiefs because the Chiefs' defense, while they are a lot better than they used to be, they still aren't an elite defense in my opinion. We're talking about a defense that was ranked 26 out of 32 teams in run defense in the regular season. And I know what you're going to say. They just stopped Derrick Henry and that powerful run offense of the Tennessee Titans in the AFC title game, and which they did. I have to give them props. But this 49er team, to me, is more complete. So it's not just about the run game. They're not going to be able to sell out to stop the run like they did against the Titans because the San Francisco 49ers are light years better at receiver than what the Tennessee Titans were. And I think Jimmy Garoppolo at this point in his career is a better quarterback than Ryan Tannehill. So they're not going to be able to sell out against the run. And I think the 49ers will be able to run the ball on them, which will limit Patrick Mahomes' possessions. So now if you're the Kansas City Chiefs, and I think it's going to be obvious that the 49ers will be able to run the ball. So how do the Chiefs combat that? 
they have to put the ball in the end zone in the red zone. You know, this is the type of game where if you settle for field goals or if you fall behind 24-0 like they did against the Houston Texans, you're going to lose. So Patrick Mahomes, as great as he is, he's still a young quarterback. Can he deliver on the biggest of stages where every possession is going to count? And I know he has Tyreek Hill, Sammy Watkins, and the rest of that, that really, really good receiving core. But when you're looking for plays in the red zone, because I don't think the 49ers is just going to give up a whole bunch of big plays. I think the Chiefs are going to be able to score, but when they when they score, they're going to have to go on these long drives and, and really punch the ball in the end zone because this 49ers defense is too good. Um I think the key to the Chiefs game and them winning has to be Travis Kelsey. He's going to be the guy that's going to be able to make plays. He's going to make plays in the intermediate passing game, 10 to 15 yards, and he's a quarterback. He's Patrick Mahomes' safety blanket in that red zone. So while I understand that the 49ers – have a more complete team. You know, they don't have any holes anywhere. You know, they got a good quarterback. They got a great receivers. They got a good tight, very, very good tight end, probably the best tight end in the game. They got a very good defense. I just think that Patrick Mahomes and his Kansas City defense will be able to punch the ball in the end zone, in the red zone. That's the key. If they kick... Three red, go- red zone field goals, all bets are off. But I don't think that that's going to happen. I really believe that it's Patrick Mahomes' time. He's riding his wave. It's Andy Reid's time. This is, a, this is a brilliant coach who's been knocking on the door of the Super Bowl for years and never been able to get through, get over that hurdle. I like the Kansas City Chiefs in this Super Bowl. I don't think it's going to be a low-scoring affair. If I had to put a score on it, I would say it's going to be 35-31 in a very, very close game. But the Chiefs will prevail on the arm of Patrick Mahomes and the hands of Travis Kelsey. So that's my pick. All right, guys, we got the Super Bowl out of the way. Let's go ahead and transition into some NBA basketball. So right now, the New Orleans Pelicans are sitting at 19-29 and 29 on the season which has them five games out of the eight seed for the Western Conference playoff. Now, you would hear 19 and 29 in a normal year with a normal team and be like, man, that's not good. What are they doing? They tripping. Well, the Pelicans have a lot to be excited for because the team is just now getting healthy, right? Zion Williamson, the number one overall pick, has been back for four games. Lonzo Ball has been healthy. Brandon Ingram has been healthy. Derek Favors has been healthy, and now all of a sudden, this team is taking form, right? You know, Brandon Ingram was just announced as an all-star game reserve, which he deserved because he's having a monster season. Zion has been averaging 18-8 and in only 24 minutes of work. So if you look at this starting five, you got Drew Holiday, Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball, Zion Williamson and Derek Favors, this Pelicans team looks like a really, really balanced team 
with good depth as well. Because if you look at it, you got Josh Hart and Reddick coming off the bench. Those guys are shooters. Then you also got Jackson Hayes, which is a which is a young guy. He can play above the rim and protect the basket. You got him coming off the bench. You got Jaleel Ogafor. You know, you got Frank Jackson who could come in and give you some good minutes. Etwan Moore has been giving you good minutes in the past. This team is really deep and balanced. So, yeah, they're nine they're 19 and 29 right now, which isn't good. But they haven't been healthy. And if you look at it, you know, the teams ahead of them in the standings, they can really, really make a difference because the Spurs, now granted, the Spurs are always going to be in the mix. They're well coached. They're coached by Greg Popovich. You know, they're having a down year. The Trailblazers haven't achieved expectations. They, they haven't been healthy. You know, the Suns are the Suns, you know, and, and they have a chance to – to see what they got against the Grizzlies, who's 24 and 24. They play the Grizzlies tonight. So those are the teams ahead of them for that last playoff spot. You know, could they, in about 30-some-odd games, 33, 34-odd games, something like that, could they make a move to gain ground and close that five-game gap with this team? I think they can because Zion is only going to start playing more minutes. He's out of shape right now, which is to be expected because he hadn't played in a half of the year. But as he plays more and more and more, he's going to be able to play himself into shape and contribute more and look for him to average more than that 18 and 8 that he's doing right now. Brandon Ingram's averaging 25 a game. So who do you double team? Then who's open? You know, if you look at the, if you look at the team the way it's constructed, these shooters are going to get so many more open shots now that Zion is back. If you double team Zion in the paint, either Brandon Ingram, Drew Holiday, Lonzo Ball, Josh Hart, or JJ Redick is going to make you pay. Period. Point blank. If you want to go ahead and single coverage everybody, Brandon Ingram can take anybody he wants off the dribble. Zion Williamson can handle anybody he wants in the post by himself. This Pelicans team is going to be dangerous. If you're not on the bandwagon yet, you might want to get on. Because, call me crazy, I think they make this five-game gap up and I think they make the playoffs. That's my prediction for the season. So, I'm excited about the Pelicans. Um, it'll be an interesting game tonight at home against the Grizzlies. John Morant has been playing great basketball. But, you know, we'll see what this Pelicans team can do. I like them. All right, guys, I'm going to stay in New Orleans. Actually, I'm going to go across the street from the Smoothie King Center to the Superdome. And we're going to talk about my New Orleans Saints. So, Coach Payton, in an interview, was asked about his quarterback situation. And uh, I'm going to let you guys hear what he had to say. Before even getting to who the future is, currently, I, I know speaking with Drew right before the Pro Bowl, he's going to take some time and decide on whether he's coming back or not. And we've always had great communication. 
Um, it's not something where he's looking uh, to leverage for more money or play with another team. It's, it's really about his time, the commitment that it takes, the family, all of those things. And then once that decision takes place, we were in a good position. It's gonna be hard for us to have all three of those guys back on the same roster, yeah. all right? That's gonna be very difficult. Meaning Bridgewater as well. Bridgewater, Taysom, and Drew. I think that, that's unrealistic, but all three of them uh, are free agents. Taysom's an unrestricted free agent. So that, that means that there's a little bit uh, more of a built-in protection for us. Once Drew makes his decision, then we'll be better able to then look at both Teddy and Taysom and, and man, haven't had a chance to coach both of those guys aside from our starter. Teddy went 5-0 and for us. Mm -hmm. And Taysom, we've been playing on every position other than, so he meets in the special teams yeah. room and, and he's unique. But um, look, we feel like that, that, that era apparent potentially is in the building as well. So a couple of things in that interview stuck out to me. Um, number one, Coach Payton, when he was speaking about Taysom Hill's contract situation, Taysom Hill is a restricted free agent. He misspoke. So Drew Brees and Teddy Bridgewater are actually unrestricted free agents. So the difference in that for you guys that may not know is an unrestricted free agent like Drew Brees and Teddy Bridgewater are free to sign with whatever team they want. It doesn't matter what the Saints want to do. Anybody can offer them any amount of money and they can take it and they can be out. Or they can resign with the Saints. They're completely unrestricted like the name implies, right? But Taysom, Taysom Hill is a restricted free agent. So that means any team in the NFL can sign Taysom to what's called a, a tender, right? And the Saints have first dibs for Taysom, so – if they want to match the offer sheet from any other team that may want to sign Taysom, they can and potentially keep Taysom. So when Sean Payton was talking about a little bit more built-in protection, that's what he implied, right? So just by listening to Coach Payton's comments, when he said that the heir apparent was in the building and – he could potentially have Drew Brees' replacement on the roster once Drew decides to retire. It seemed to me that he was speaking about Teddy Bridgewater or Taysom, you know, because he, he also made the comment that it would be hard for all three quarterbacks to be on the roster next year, now which I agree, you know. Obviously, just listening to Coach Payton and being a Saints fan all these years and following the team – I think the first priority for the Saints is Drew Brees. You know, I think, you know, he's going to take his time, talk to his wife, kind of, you know, enjoy some time with the family and make a decision whether or not he wants to come back and play for the Saints next year. Because I think either Drew is going to play in New Orleans or he's not going to play. Um, and I, after all he's done for the franchise, I don't see a scenario where the Saints – Tell Drew Brees, it's the end of your era. We have to part ways. So I think if Drew Brees wants to play, he's going to be the same starting quarterback next year. So if that happens, then obviously Teddy Bridgewater, who's also an unrestricted free agent, 
and went 5-0 and as a starter this year for the New Orleans Saints can sign with any other team in the NFL. Now, now granted, Teddy was the highest paid backup in the NFL last year and he made about $10 million in 2019. But being that he did go 5-0 and as a starter, Teddy's value is a lot higher than that. You know, he has a very strong arm. His knee seems to be healthy. The knee that he injured when he was in Minnesota is healthy. Um, he's accurate. He can go through all his progressions. He can make some big-time throws. He obviously can lead a team to some wins. So Teddy is a high commodity. He could command $30-plus million next year from a team that's serious about making him a starter. So if Drew Brees come back, the Saints can't afford to pay Drew and Teddy. Obviously, if Drew retires, then Teddy's the priority to be the next quarterback for the New Orleans Saints. Um, so that's what I that's what Sean Payton meant by it's going to be hard to keep all three guys on the roster. Now, if you look at Taysom Hill, there's been a lot of reports, there's been a lot of people talking about Taysom possibly being a franchise quarterback. And I'll be real with you, I don't see it. Taysom is an athlete. I think what Taysom brings to the Saints is amazing. The fact that he's on the team, he definitely makes the team a lot better. He's a spark. He could play almost any position. You can line him up at tight end. You can line him up in the backfield. You can line him up in the slot. Obviously, he can play quarterback or player two here or there. The guy blocks punts. He can return kicks. He can do anything on the football field, and he's a real, you know, real valued piece of your football team. But just watching him play quarterback, while Taysom Hill has a strong arm, he doesn't have the accuracy and he doesn't go through his progressions well because the plays he did make were run, pad, run pass options that he just had one read and he threw deep. So for me to be comfortable with Taysom Hill being the starting quarterback, I would have to see him pass the ball a lot more accurately and sit there, read the defense, go through his progressions and make good plays and not just always rely on his arm strength to throw deep, which is I don't think he has that type of ability. I think his best value is what he does for the Saints right now. Now, as far as next year, what I think should happen you know, and, and look, I've said this before. I'm a huge Drew Brees fan. Drew brought a Super Bowl to New Orleans. I always will appreciate what Drew Brees has done and has given to the Saints, to the city of New Orleans. But I'll say this, it's time to retire. I'm going to always be a Drew fan. I'd hate to see him play in another uniform, which in this situation I don't think is going to happen. But I think it's time for the Saints to move on. Um, Teddy Bridgewater is a guy who's who could be a starter, who could be a very, very good starter. Um, I don't think he had enough time with the first team in training camp. And the more he played last year, the better he looked. You know, And it was obvious that he didn't have time with the first team because when Drew got hurt in that game against the Rams, what did you see immediately when Teddy got in? You saw a bunch of drop passes. The wide receivers weren't used to playing with Teddy. 
you know, wide receivers and Jared Cook at tight end were used to Teddy Bridgewater. You saw the line, the offensive line have a bunch of false starts and holding calls. They weren't used to the cadence and Teddy Bridgewater being quarterback. But as time went on, everybody got more comfortable and, and the team looked like it was in more of a rhythm. I get it. He didn't throw the ball as much or throw for as much yards as Drew did. Drew is the most accurate quarterback of all time. I get that. But the Saints' offense was much more balanced. They seemed to be in sync with Teddy. They went 5-0. and Not saying he's better than Drew Brees is right now, but I think he's a good long-term option for the Saints at quarterback. And you got to ask yourself, how many times can you say, well, Drew's got one more year to yourself and sacrifice the long-term success of the franchise, you know? Because you got a lot of guys like that that draft from 2017, that draft class, you got to start thinking about paying those guys. You know, you have to pay Alvin Kamara if you're going to keep him. You're going to have to pay a Marshawn Lattimore. you have to pay a Ryan Ramchek. And if, if that's what you're going to do, you need to have the long-term quarterback in place. And as much as we love Drew, he's just not that answer. You know, and somebody might say, Drew Brees had a hell of a year last year. He almost broke his own single-season completion record um, because he's the most accurate quarterback in NFL history. And I get that. But if you really watch Drew, Drew is the most prepared quarterback ever. I'm talking about when you when you watch him play, he knows where the ball needs to go. And he anticipates that and he throws the ball early. That's what allows him to overcome his, his lack of arm strength. Like Drew was never a big arm quarterback, but his preparation has allowed him to, to anticipate a lot of these throws and overcome the fact that he his arm strength is declining. So, but if you look at some of these, some of these games, right? So the Vikings game, I'm not trying to blame the Vikings loss on Drew, but that one particular throw, well, a lot of throws were underthrown that game. But the one particular throw that was obviously underthrown was that interception. Now, he threw it in the double coverage. He tried to get Ted Ginn, but Ted Ginn is a very, very fast receiver. That's the type of ball to where you have to overthrow it if you go throw it in double coverage like that and give your man a shot to go get it. Worst case scenario is incomplete. Drew couldn't throw it as far as the ball needed to go, and it got intercepted, you know. Don't be fooled by games like the Colts game that he had because he's still Drew Brees, you know. He's an agent athlete, but he's still Drew. So he's going to have some of these moments to where he looks like he did in his prime. But as he gets older, that consistency is going to, continue to go downhill. And I'm not criticizing Drew, not criticizing him in the least because the man is 41 years old. He's not supposed to still be able to play in the NFL, and he is. All I'm saying is it's just time for the Saints to move on and look towards their future. Sean Payton is a hell of a coach. He's a hell of an offensive mind. I don't think he needs Drew Brees 
to win long term. Obviously, it was nice. You know, Drew Brees was good enough over his tenure in New Orleans for him to win multiple Super Bowls, but that's just not how it happened. You know, a lot of the defense was terrible a lot of those years. You had a lot of heartbreaks. So I'm not blaming Drew for only having one Super Bowl. All I'm saying is it's time to move on. We appreciate you, Drew. We always will. But I think the best decision for this organization is for Teddy Bridgewater to be under center week one. So, guys, that's my opinions for this week. You know, I think Kansas City will win the Super Bowl 35-31. Look out for the New Orleans Pelicans. I think they'll make things interesting down the stretch, especially fighting for a Western Conference playoff spot. And also, hey, I love my quarterback, and I appreciate you, but it's time to retire. So, guys, you can find me on Instagram at, at Becknell Media. You can find me on Twitter at George underscore Becknell. You can also catch me every Friday on the Jordy Holberg Show on 103.7 The Game on Friday afternoons between 2 and 4. And sometimes you can catch me on Hard in the Paint with David Grubb on 1280 out of New Orleans. But keep in touch with my social media for those exact times. And look, I'll catch you next time on another episode of Highly Opinionated.